You're listening to the 1% Factor Podcast with Coach Shakina, where I talk about how small changes and insights can have the greatest impact over time. Whether it's in life or business, you'll learn principles and strategies that when implemented will help you grow your business and design a lifestyle that's in alignment with who you are and fuels your purpose, passion, and vision. So systems should be baked in everything you do in your business. And they allow you to grow quicker and faster. They allow you to reduce anxiety and stress. And they also allow you to create the freedom and flexibility you crave. So the majority of people, when they create a business, they're looking for financial freedom, flexibility, you know, to create whatever you like. Maybe you need more time to spend more time with your children. Maybe you want more time to spend with a loved one or for yourself. Maybe you want more time to to vacation or do whatever. Okay. But you get to work whenever you want to work. You get to show up whenever you want to show up and systems allow you to do that. So what I'm going to cover today is, you know, a few systems that you should be covering in your business, at least to start. There are always other systems in place, but this will give you a good idea on what you can create to get the most impact in your business. So in order to create a system, I want you to think about these things when you are creating your own system. One, you're going to document the entire process. So this could be either from you, you can document this this process or by yourself, or you can have a your admin or your assistant or somebody that you employ to create and document the actual system. So write it all out first. A lot of times we tend to want to create and document at the same time, at least I do. So I try not to do that. (laughs) But for the most part, you're going to want to document the entire process. Once you've written it all out and have it either on paper or computer or wherever, I want you to identify what tools could be helpful. Where can you automate certain areas? What types of tools should you be using in order to get the most out of the system? And then you're going to implement. You're going to document, identify, and then you're going to implement your system, which means you're actually going to create it and put it in place, either you or somebody else. If you are a solo entrepreneur, then you will be doing this yourself. But if you have an assistant, then you can delegate that type of thing, those types of things out to someone else. Then you're going to review periodically to optimize, right? So document the entire process, identify where tools could be helpful for you, implement the actual system. So you're going to create the system and implement it at that time. Then you're going to review periodically to optimize, and that's part of your review system. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that towards the end. But when you're creating your system, you're going to first want to follow this outline. Again, document the entire process, identify identify what tools could be useful, implement and create your system, and then review periodically to optimize. So you're going to try to figure out what's broken, what's not broken, where um, you can increase productivity or whatnot. So your first system that you should create is your lead generation system. So interesting about this, most people think this is fairly random. It's not. In order for you to be more okay, I can't think of the word at the moment, but in order for you to know that you are going to get a certain number of clients in a door or lead generate in a door, your lead generation system needs to be systematized. Okay. And then you're going to want to start once you have systems in place to identify or create this entire system, you have a better opportunity of how many 
sales conversations you need to have in order to get X number of clients. So that's why this is important for your lead generation. Some areas in which you can create a system around is your content creation. And that means, so for example, let's say you're doing videos on TikTok or whatever may be part of your system. And your system doesn't need to be complicated. Let's let's put that out there. It's very clear. It does not have to be complicated. It could be system, but it could be simple. But your system should be implemented and easy enough to understand, recreate, and reproduce the product in which you are creating the system for. So in this particular instance, content creation, your system could be you're creating videos for TikTok. So you create the video, then what do you do with it? Do you send it out to your VA to edit? Do you send it out to another contractor to edit? Do you, um, you know, break it down and in, in, into different types of snippets and post it on social media? That's still a system. As simple as that sounds, still a system, right? So if you are generating leads from your content creation that you have online, then your, your system should be simple and enough for where you can eventually step out of it if you wanted to. Maybe you don't create the videos as much. Maybe you have somebody else create videos. I know with um, some of the people that I work with now, they are creating content. Some of them are creating content. Others are relying on other people to create the content. So it kind of depends on whatever your system is around that. Another system that you could create is your social media posting, right? So in your marketing strategy, how often are you posting? When are you posting? How often are you reviewing? When you are creating social media posts, the types of posts that are going out, there's a system around all of that. There is a way for you to identify how to, you know, create a system that doesn't really involve you. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, document, um, you, you kind of documenting what is going on in this particular system and what are the steps. Again, either you can do that or somebody else can do that. Another example here for early gen, maybe you're creating engagement templates. So what I mean by that is, so if, for example, going with the same example of using content or online for lead generation, maybe you have certain types of engagement templates that you re, you use, you respond with. What does that actually look like? So if somebody was to respond to you on a video on LinkedIn, for example, do you have any type of engagement templates that either you or somebody else can follow? to respond to that. If not, it, you don't have to, as an example, but you could just respond however you respond if you're the only one doing that. But if you want to have somebody eventually take on this um, thing for you, then you're going to have to have some sort of templates in place or outline in place or conditions in place for them in order for them to follow to get the response that you want, to well, the, get the response that you want either from the potential lead or just responding in general. And invitations. So for your lead generation, how do you invite people to a conversation with you? For example, in maybe you have a group that you are a part of and you're using somebody else's group to invite other people to have conversations with you. How do you do that? Or maybe you are in the you know offline world, which it does happen. It does occur, right? There's live people out there, whatever. But how do you invite people to invitation with you, to a sales conversation with you? Do you invite them two, three months in? Do you invite them at certain periods of the conversation? Everything regarding your lead generation should be documented, outlined, and there should be a system around how you do things. So that when you eventually step away from this, you don't have to be present all the time. You can have somebody else actually step in for you. So that's the purpose of having these systems here.
So let's talk about the next system, about client delivery. So your client delivery is any number of things, but what I have here is your onboarding system and process. When clients have decided to engage with you, what does that onboarding process look like for them? What do they get? Do they get paperwork? Do they get an email, a text, or whatever it is? Are they onboarded with a series of emails? Are they onboarded with a particular course or resources that they should consume before they get to you? Or, you know, maybe it's, this is your portal. For example, maybe you have a a different type of client portal that they engage with and they need to know how to use that. Whatever that is, there should be some sort of system around this. So you're going to, again, write out what this onboarding, what do you want it to look like? And you will optimize it later. But the basic minimum or the, the minimum viable action that you can create, what is that for each one of these systems? Make it simple to start because as you grow, the system is going to change anyway based on the feedback that you get from your clients. So you want to create a simple system first before you get complicated and do anything else. All right. So next is your customer service touch points or check-ins. So this is important if you are working with a client over the long term. So if you're working with a client 12 months or six months or year and a half or two years or whatever that is, depending on the type of industry that you're in, how often are you going to check in with them? If you're a coach or a consultant, you need to have these baked within your client delivery system. Are you going to reach out to them monthly to make sure that you've covered all the milestones or you're reaching the milestones? Are you checking in with them every quarter just to make sure everything is on point and on delivery or on schedule? Maybe you check in to see how they're doing, how everything has been working out since you implemented X, Y, and Z system, right? And that goes along with your milestones, right? So there's important milestones in every industry and every service that you deliver. Maybe you're checking in on those milestones, right? But if your milestone, it, it could be anything, but let's say if you are an attorney and your milestone is, um, you know, getting a client settled, getting a client settled in a particular case, and it's still part two of the settlement, right? So there's a lot of other things involved in the entire service that you're doing with them, but part of it was a a settlement agreement. And that is a milestone. What do you do with that? And believe it or not, most people will not do anything with this, but this is a great opportunity to perhaps ask for a review, ask for um, some feedback on how things have been going at this particular point. Again, baked into your systems, make it easy enough for you to create and optimize So somebody else can do this for you. That's the whole point here. Another part of your client onboarding system is your see you later package. So this could be your goodbye package, okay? Um, But I just call it see you later because you you eventually want to see them later. (laughs) So what do they get when they finish working with you, at least for now? Do they get some sort of goodbye package, see you later package that includes maybe their invoice and their agreements and maybe some other resources that they need after they've finished working with you? What does that actually look like? How is it actually delivered? Who is actually going to deliver it? And when are you actually going to deliver it? There's a lot of questions, but that's why your outline is important. So always, I always recommend having some sort of onboarding and and see you later package as part of any client delivery. Um, Actually, and your customer service check-in points, right? You're you're just trying to see where your, your people are, how they're doing and whatnot. Next is your retention system. 
Meaning, you're, how do you keep clients coming back? How are you going to keep them with you? It's part of the system here. So much like the example I, I said earlier, maybe asking for reviews at certain milestones or touch points are important. And then using that feedback to create a better environment for them or a better response to whatever it is that they're going through. Maybe your retention, part of your retention system is sending a survey at certain milestones or at the very end of the service and asking just a few questions just to see if you're delivering on what you promised. Again, systems that you write out, outline, you create, you implement, and you review, and your keep in touch system or your strategy. So this is where your keep in touch is kind of like after the client has finished working with you for the moment, how do you keep in touch with them afterwards? This is where a lot of people get lost in not following up with their current clients or past clients, and they leave a lot of money on the table. And just just connecting as a human is important. So even if you don't connect with them monthly or weekly or whatever, you can still connect with them on a different level, um, but frequently. So maybe you connect with them every quarter or every six months just to check in and see how they're doing. We had a client check in on her past clients for the last six months or so and she generated over well I'm not going to give you a number it's like over 20,000 but I didn't give you a number but whatever (laughs) but you're losing a lot of money on the table when you're not following up with your clients past clients your current clients and potential leads always follow up and how do you keep in touch with those people that have either generated an interest with you or have worked with you and you want to stay in touch with them what does that system look like Make sure you write that out. And then let's talk about eternal reviews, right? So I was talking very quickly and earlier about this, but when you have your systems written out, when you have documented it and you have uh, created the system, implemented the system, reviewed the system, your internal reviews are something that you need to have within your business. And you should have a review system around your marketing and sales conversations, your financials, and your people. And there's other ones, but these are the main ones. So in your marketing and sales review, you're looking at, is, are, my, are my marketing strategies and systems or lead generation tactics actually working the way that they're working? Now, I can break this down over monthly, quarterly, or annual basis. But for now, I'm talking about your monthly reviews, all right? your monthly and weekly reviews. So in marketing, for example, you may want to check on a monthly basis how your website's doing, how your ads are performing, or if you're hitting your KPIs or the numbers that you need to hit in order to generate the revenue that you need to generate. And for your sales, are your people, if you have people, are they talking to you know, the correct number of people? Are they talking to um, a minimum of 20 and 50 or 30 people, however that is on a weekly or monthly basis in order to hit those KPIs. Once you know your numbers, usually for marketing and lead generation, let's say you needed you know, five to 10 people on a monthly basis to generate leads and you know you, your, your conversion rate is about 80%, then you know how many people on a monthly basis you need to be speaking to or at least bringing in the door in order for you to make your numbers. So your sales and your marketing systems are going to be important for that. Your financial review If you do not have a bookkeeper or an accountant uh, looking over your numbers, I highly recommend you get that. 
Okay. So a lot of times business owners will skip this part because they're afraid of what their numbers are going to tell them or what that actually means they have to do. Never be afraid of looking at your numbers. So your internal review for your finances is, you know, are we spending too much money on expenses? Are we generating enough revenue to pay our employees? What does my profit and loss look like? What does it, all these finances that you're going to be looking at, you either your, your bookkeeper or your accountant, whoever is preparing this for you, should be able to bring you the reports that you need, explain them if, even if you don't know what they are, but bring you the reports that you, you need to see and review, and then you can make a decision based off of that. If you are doing your finances right now, or your bookkeeping right now, you might be a solo or a smaller company where you don't have a number of transactions. You can still have somebody on a very uh, a smaller scale prepare this for you. I do recommend you actually knowing how to do this first before you delegate that out or assign that out to someone else. But reviewing your finances are very important. Do not be afraid of your numbers and look at your numbers frequently. Your next system under internal reviews are regarding people. So if you have people, how often are you meeting with your employees, your partners, and reviewing if they're meeting their KPIs or there anything that you can um, help them with? Do they need particular, particular tools or things to help them do their job better? You need to see where your people are. Just check in, right? Uh, a weekly check-in or a, um, a daily check-in could be very beneficial. Um, I, I'm going to talk about your your having conversations with your people in a much later conversation, but for now, just really checking in to see how they're doing, what do they need, and is there something that I can help them with? That's your, your goal for this. So I talked about four key areas in which you need to create systems for. One is your lead generation system. You always want to know uh, how many leads you need on a monthly basis to, in order to generate the revenue that you need. But you need to be reviewing and creating, excuse me, you need to be creating a system that will allow you to create something that is reliable, dependable, and easy enough for somebody else to recreate. (laughs) Okay, next, client delivery. How are you delivering the services that you promised? Where, what tools are in place that can help you do that? And that goes for all of these systems here. And your retention, how are you going to keep clients coming back to you? What does that look like? How often are you keeping in touch with them? How often are you reaching out to them or asking for particular things? You, get, you take that feedback and then you optimize your systems to make it better. And then your internal reviews. You should be reviewing in your business these key areas, your lead generation, your client delivery, your, your retention, your internal reviews with your people, your finances, your marketing, your sales, all of that. As a true CEO, when you take on a more traditional or a truer CEO role, you're going to find that you're going to be doing a lot of reviewing for the most part, or you can have people review it and they can just (laughs) bring it to you or not, but you get to decide how you show up in your company. So if you want to do more of what you love and and then review all the other things and, and rely on your people, you can do that, but you're still going to be required to review what's going on. So don't be afraid of looking at your numbers and looking at your marketing and your sales and all everything else that encompasses growing and creating your business. So what have you learned today? 
and what system are you going to implement? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Put it in the comments. If there's anything here that you know you need to absolutely create for your business right now, your highest priority. And that wraps up another episode of the 1% Factor Podcast. If you'd like to experience more of this and want to learn how to build a calm, intentional, and impactful business outside of the hustle culture society you live in, go to thefocusceo.co forward slash 1%.